This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here. You host the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Doing a simulcast. We have us here on Pet Life Radio and here on Instagram Live. And as another change of venue, I am in Cabo San Lucas uh, on a little vacation. I see Gila joined. I, I saw a dinner last night. Uh, how funny is that? You, it's really when you think about it, being thousands of miles away and you're just walking along the beach and you see one of your own clients from Los Angeles there as well. That is really, really cool. And um, anyway, having a great time. It is really, really, today's a hot one. Going back this evening, I've been here since Wednesday, and a uh, nice R&R, a lot of time with the fam, and uh, no, we're having a really, really great time. So uh, anyway, as you know, we're here to talk pets, and anything you want to talk about, now is the time to get a hold of me. To get a hold of me, a couple of ways you can do this. You can, number one, you can go ahead and reach me live here by going on to PetLifeRadio.com, clicking on Shows. Click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there is a link. It's a Zoom link left there for you. Please join us on live. You can uh, join us with your pets with you. It's great. Telemedicine at its finest. You get a doc 24-7, at least <laughs> with everybody you get 24-7. Here, at least we're getting just a, a doc who's uh, ready and willing and able to help you. Um, also, you can um, call us the old-fashioned way, toll-free, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And... Um, so as you know, until I hear from you, you want to send me, if you are here on Instagram Live and there's a specific question, ask me. As the scroll is going up, I can catch the question and share it with everybody, which is really kind of what I want to do. And um, so uh, let's go for a start that I usually do is I peruse the news, what's going on in the pet world. And you know, a lot of stuff, we get this the first time as well as you're going, and I like to share it with you, just stuff that you would probably not hear about or know about and yet i think this stuff is some interesting some sad we could go through anyway of course what would be a show in this uh this era these last year and a half without talking about covid so this is really cool that that in louisiana the cdc and the office of public health of louisiana are supporting a program at lsu school of veterinary medicine to test the in-state dogs and cats for SARS-2 covid at no charge through the end of 2021. What's interesting about this, there was just a story that aired on NBC News about some dogs, and now this in, in UK, I guess they're, from a population standpoint, very, very bad case of COVID. And what they noted is though that we say, look, dogs and cats don't really get sick, cats can get a mild cold-like symptoms, a little flu, but they don't get really sick like we do. They, they rarely have to be hospitalized. Yet, there is an uptick, this is from a veterinary cardiologist in the UK, that there's an uptick of cases of what we call myocarditis. That is a muscle inflammation of the heart muscle. And um, linked, well, in people, it's one of the rare side effects of just the vaccine itself, the mnra vaccine and so so when you have the rna vaccine it's called the mrna there's some link very rare side effect but they're noticing that in some dogs and cats that have been infected with covid though they're not getting the typical covid signs they're showing up with myocarditis later on so that's an interesting uh, observation and that's all it is at this point and it's something we're going to you know, obviously uh, keep our eyes on so i thought that was interesting as you know, wherever you happen to be in the U.S., you, I'm sure you've experienced this yourselves, that vet clinics are short-staffed. 
short staff for a number of reasons, because first of all, some of their employees are coming down with COVID. The way that they are um, handling the cases a bit less efficient um, also. So the, the relatively for having this onslaught of people waiting a cause, there's just not enough people to handle it. The phones are ringing off the hook, not enough uh, receptionists handling the phone calls. So as you know, so many therefore are not accepting new patients at all. And the recommendation is that if you have, because they really, these veterinarians, myself included, really need to save some time for important, important cases. These are cases that need attention now. So if you have an animal that is on a schedule or is going to need more of an elective procedure, it could be a dentistry, it could be that minor wart removal, that could be spay neuter, whatever, book it well in advance. So if, you, if the doctor tells you, like for example, big dogs, many of us are not wanting to spay or neuter until they're over a year of age, in some large breeds, I even do longer, especially with males, might be a year and a half, might be two, that maybe three months before, at least book your appointment. Get on the schedule sooner. It's not that it used to be, you know, you need your spay next week, you make the appointment now and you'll they'll be get you on the surgery table next week. Things are really changing. So you need to be patient and understand that this is going on all over the country. It's not just in, in, in highly populated areas. And again, understand if you are planning on getting a new pup and you have a pickup date of when you're going to get this pup, all right, it's going to be ready like eight weeks. Or you're going to, you know, you decided that a month from now, you're going to go to the shelters, you're going to go to rescue and you're going to adopt the puppy. Make the vet appointment now because uh, you might not be able to get in for another month after you already get the pet. So again, just kind of think ahead. Now, this is also, this was a fun fact. I even kind of found I don't do marine mammal medicine, though on, uh, here in Cabo, I've sent pictures. If you look at my, my social media, a albino python, big monster. All right. Iguanas, horses, right on the beach here where we're staying there, their horses are, they're bringing horses by for kids to take horseback rides and uh, really great. And then of course, dogs, but I expected to see more dogs than I did, but having dinner along the beach, I was able to see a number of dogs walking by. I caught some of them with some photos, but uh, I really did expect to see more. So here's a fun fact. And you've heard of blue whales, but blue whales are part of what we call baleen whales. And this is, a, here's a stat for you. They can consume around 17 tons of food per day. 17 tons per day. Can you imagine? I mean, that is, that's a lot of food. Now, the largest adult blue whale could weigh up to 190 tons. So even 17, which is like a little less than a tenth of that, that's like, you know, a 150-pounder eating 14 pounds of food a day. If you ate 14 pounds of food a day, you're not staying at 150 very long, that I'll tell you. So, uh, I mean, that when you think about it, that is absolutely amazing. And um, they're also, just as a side note, they believe that these baleen whales are the largest mammals to have ever, or the largest animals known to have ever existed. I mean, that's ever, that's including dinosaurs. So, uh, I mean, can you imagine 100 and upwards, well, up to 190 tons? That's a big whale. And this is also... Again, these are one of the stories, you know, we hear all these kinds of stories. Some are really heartwarming. Some are really cool. Some it's like you want to vomit. I mean, it's unbelievable to me what kind of people, and especially for us being animal lovers as we are, it's even more sickening. I mean, I can imagine some people who don't really get it. They don't have pets. They don't know pets that, you know, they read that, eh, you know, I mean, it's that's pretty cool. But so this is one of those, I say a sicko story. Horses belong to a family in West Jordan, Utah. All right have had their tails cut off 
three times over the past three years by some unknown perpetrator. They don't know who it is, why it is. The motive, nobody knows. What what are you going to use horsetails for? I mean, it's sickening. They get, obviously, cutting a, doing a non-surgical tail removal. And it doesn't, the story didn't go and tell me how much of the tail. Was it just the tip? Was it, who knows? I mean, obviously, three times in three years, the horses survived, but not possibly without infection, having a problem. So this is a good, good question. Ollie, the SG pug, we're going to talk about that in a second. I saw a program that showed a vet taking some cells for dog cloning. We'll be interested to hear your thoughts on cloning, and I would be happy to share them with you. And um, so, in fact, it's a great story, so we may as well go into it right now. Okay, well, this, is, this is not a, a sicko story, but this is one that, it's sad. And, you know, we, we hate these sad stories as well. And that is, two adult giraffes in the Dallas Zoo have died, and their deaths may be linked. To, they don't know to what. Well, first, it's a 19-year-old that died of liver failure. Then a week later, a 14-year-old giraffe that died, they saw that there were some abnormal liver enzymes so now wondering, when you hear stories like this, liver disease in two animals very close together, sharing space, there might be some sort of poison, a toxin that either developed in something they ate, some kind of mold in something they were being fed, obviously not purposely, we hope not purposely. So it's really sad when you hear stories like that, that these innocent animals, that they're there, some of them are being saved, some from, from being put to sleep. I remember a story of um, an elephant that was sent to one of the elephant reserve sanctuary and uh, Shambhala, Tippehedron's sanctuary, that a zoo just couldn't handle it anymore, couldn't have it. And they searched all over for somebody to take it. Nobody would. So Shambhala accepted it, took it. Great story, by the way. The side note of that story is they had a male elephant there that was very aggressive, very aggressive. And they were worried. That's why they were hesitating at first to take this elephant, this female, because they didn't know how the male would, would handle it, how it would react. But again, they didn't want the sound to put them to sleep either. So what they did is they did whatever they could to, for the male. And they had guys all over it with, you know, like the equivalent of a leash ropes on it to help control when they saw the female. They were going to march the female up nice and slowly. Check this out. As they started to march, the female up towards the male where he was in an enclosure, the male started this vocalization that they have never heard before coming from this male. And then the female started the same vocalization. And as they got closer, it was clear to them, the male wasn't like pulling as a grad of aggression. And they got together and they started intertwining trunks as if they knew each other, not only knew each other, but really knew each other. So they started doing some homework. And interestingly, these elephants originated from the same pod, whatever, however many years ago it was, and they were together. And then they were separated. And it was long. You heard that they say elephants never forget. This elephant never forgot. And they, both of them, they actually recognized each other, even though years and years had gone by. And that is an amazing story. And anyway, with that, we're going to break for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to answer that question about cloning. And we have some more stories to share with you. If you have any questions, either on my Instagram or here on Pet Life Radio live, Please send them to me right now. You can go on Zoom, share them. We'd love to have you join us, but uh, we'd love to also answer your questions. So don't go away. We will be right back. So, you know, I'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world, and I attend all the pet conferences. I came across a company I really like 
called Carlson Pet Products. It's family owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pens. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for traveling. Or let's say you're just heading someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore. And you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at carlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off the order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help Help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back here. You're live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff and on my Instagram live. Um, I understand, you know, I'm here in Cabo, so I'm a little far away, and uh, that's Mexico. And I want to make sure that you can hear me. I heard that my uh, connection is lagging a little bit. So I do apologize. Hoping you're getting most of this. And we had a question about cloning. And um, this is one thing that, that I feel strongly about because I don't think people really get something that's very, very important. And that is, I know, I think it was Barbara Streisand. Somebody spent thousands and thousands of dollars on cloning one of her pets. And, you know, in all due respect to anybody who wants to do that, God, you know what you can do with those thousands of thousands of dollars if you really wanted to help pets? Not clone yours. You know why? Because you will not get what you're expecting. And let me explain. Cloning will give you genetic basis, okay? So yes, you can have the same genes. But as we know from story after story, okay, about the genetics and versus rearing experience, environment, that those all have an impact. You can take twins that are separated at birth, same genetic makeup, and completely raised differently. And they are not the same people. Now, many care traits would be the same. And that means that genetics had a strong pull, but they are not going to be the same people. Why? In order to have a clone pet be exactly what you were looking for, you would have to recreate every single moment of that pet, of its experience, duplicate exactly the way it was with the one that you were cloning with. So that means, first of all, that was X amount of years ago. You, there's no way you can do that. You can't make everything exactly the same. There are too many changes, too many environmental um, effects that are going to change 
how that pet turns out unless you could duplicate everything exactly the same, which is relatively impossible. So therefore, to think that you may, yes, you may get a pet that looks just like your pet. Well, if you want that, you know, there are a lot of, you know, dogs or animals that look like other animals you may have. But if you want the exact same look, then I guess you can clone. But don't think you're getting the exact same pet. And, um, and I'm, you know, very, as I say, when I think of the money that goes into it, and then I just don't want people to think that they're going to get another one. I've, been, like, I've had some great, great animals in the past. And I've also had some amazing, amazing animals after those great animals. So some maybe even a little better. So you may be cutting yourself short, all setting the short. If you think that you're going to get the same animal, you could, but just think you might get something better too. So my recommendation, if you have that kind of money and you want to spend it on something, spend it on helping other pets. Don't spend it on trying to duplicate one you already have because it's not going to work out. So I hope that answers your question. So anyway, blood banks, you know that animals have blood banks just like we do. And uh, they throughout the United States, there are fewer and fewer donors to meet the demands of so many animals that need blood transfusions. So a lot of times people are bringing in their own pets. And I've done this before at, at my hospital is, you know, I have big dogs and um, bring them in and take blood. I've had done it with one of my cats. who was like a 18 pound cat and um, donated blood. It's when you need blood, you need blood. And we do have some blood banks here in LA, but not always the blood type that we need. And uh, sometimes just not enough blood. So anyway, if you have pets, especially if you work at an animal hospital and you have a big strapping dog and you want to help another dog, uh, just be prepared sometimes to bring your own dog in as a blood donor. Now, this is also, if you are near Scottsdale, Arizona, beware of this one. At least 17 dogs in Scottsdale have been uh, sickened and 15 have recently died. One resident found a piece of chicken in a yard that she had tested and found cyanide in the chicken. Another believes that her three-year-old cat was also poisoned. Again, we're going to back to these sickos. I, you know, again, I don't know what it is. For those of us in the animal world, we can't even imagine imagine doing something like that to another animal. And yet it happens and it is happening. So be very, very careful. If you are living in and around Scottsdale, Arizona, and you have pets in a yard, I would be very, very cautious. Check the yard well. Don't leave them out there alone for too long because that could be very, very, very dangerous. Next, you know, we talk about this often and, I, and you know, we talk about rabies shots and, you know, I don't like giving too many vaccines in one day. And I, again, if I'm going to hold off on a vaccine, especially now with leptospirosis, we had another dog this week that had to be put to sleep because of lepto. Well, lepto and other things. It was a very old dog, but it's sad. But I would always say, you know, the one that I can, you know, push off is rabies. I mean, I'm not saying push off forever. I'm saying if we have to do, I don't like doing more than two vaccines, maybe three max, depending on what they are in a day. So I may wait two, three weeks in between and then have them come back for the others. And the one that I would usually push off is rabies. Anyway, and I, my tagline was, we have not seen a case of rabies in a dog in Los Angeles in like 50 years. It's like, I'm okay. And then I get this story. Texas reports rabies in a child who was hospitalized after being bitten by a bat. We know that bats carry rabies. In people, this is a scary fact, it is almost always, almost always fatal. Unless the rabies vaccine and human rabies immunoglobulin is given, administered before clinical signs appear. And one thing about rabies, it is one of the few diseases that you can vaccinate after the exposure, as long as you are protecting them before clinical signs set in. It's a slow enough moving virus that you can give, be bitten on Monday and Wednesday, get a vaccine. 
all right? And that vaccine will stimulate enough antibody plus uh, human immunoglobulin to fight off the rabies. But if you don't do that, I remember this is going back to vet school where we had to see, I mean, talk about that, you know, the vaccines, the diseases that animals get. A, it was an old video. It was, I, I think it was, I mean, it might, well, my vet school, this was over 40 years ago during when I was a freshman and vet student, and this was older than that. So the video could have been 50 years old, but it was an, a guy who they were filming who had been bitten by rabies. And I mean, I got to tell you, not pretty. You do not want to see somebody suffering from rabies. That I can tell you, it is not a pretty sight. So beware. And interestingly, any of us who work with animals should, well, it depends on the type of animals you work with, should be vaccinated against rabies. I know entering vet students were getting vaccinated for rabies. So that is good. Ooh, this is interesting. And uh, one of these, this is the hats off. We get a lot of these stories about certain states that are really, I think, going that extra mile. And this is one that I like New York State law requires, requires veterinarians to report suspected animal cruelty, though the reports can remain confidential. So it's highly recommended, of course, but in New York, it's actually requires. And another new law, you're going to love this one. It is New York, but when these things happen, you hope that it's going to happen in more states. Bans homeowners insurance plans in New York from denying or canceling coverage or setting higher premiums based on the breed of a dog living in the home. In other words, you know, we've heard this all over the country when it comes to Rottweilers and pit bulls that they're amping up. Either they're not letting homeowners insure, all right, or they're denying any bite-related problem. And if you want to get coverage with a dog, and we'll cover you, but we're going to increase your premiums. And now the state of New York is saying no can do. So um, I think that's great. So maybe, maybe we'll have a situation where more will think about, you know, thinking about, if you want to move to New York, I don't know, it may not be worth it for all that. <laughs> Having come from New York, I could say that. And my brother lives in New York, but uh, I, I wouldn't move back there. But uh, anyway, it's too cold. So speaking of cold, the last story here. And again, maybe a little premature, but as I'm here and the people sitting behind us are from Iowa, which already, you know, getting down to 40 and 30 degrees at night, and it's only November, early November. So it, it does get cold in many parts of the country. If it's too cold for you, it's probably too cold for your parents. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> of course it's too cold for your parents, but too cold for your dogs. So if you are a pet parent and you are feeling the cold, chances are your dogs are feeling it too. And you want to make allowances for outdoor pets and animals should be given warm shelter in the winter. All right. And then uh, that especially the very young, the very old or the infirm. So anyone who, any dog or pet that's having medical issues is not, they don't have the ability to fight off the colds to do the bodily functions that normally set in when it's too cold, like shivering, for example. So even healthy, heavy coated animals, like your winter animals, your huskies, your malamutes, your samoyeds, that they too need shelter. And, you know, yes, they are protected and they can still work, but if they're stationary and they can't exert and they can't get their body temperature up through exercise and exertion, like pulling sleds, working dogs, then they also can suffer from frostbite, from being too cold, especially their feet. And remember, their feet have issues. Anyway, for those of you who could hear me, those of you on Pet Life Radio, thanks for joining me here live. Uh, if you have any topics, anything you'd like me to discuss, please send me a note to drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com or jeff at airbet.com. 
on my Instagram followers. If you can hear me, go ahead and just send me anything you'd like to send me. You can always reach me on Instagram and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me here and we look forward to having you here next week, here meeting on Instagram, here meeting on Pet Life Radio. I will be there. That's back home in LA. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.